Sometimes Like Now is an interview program, interviews with interesting people that are doing cool stuff, and my name is Trevor Collins. And on today's episode, I'm speaking with Johnny Greco. He is the Senior Vice President of Entertainment Experience and Production with the hockey team from Seattle, the Seattle Kraken. On today's episode of Times Like Now. Hey there, Johnny. How you doing today? Thanks for joining me. Trevor, thank you so much. I'm super stoked to be on Times Like Now, hanging out with you, my friend, man. Let's do it. Cool. So how are the Kraken doing? You know, I'm up here in Bellingham and I, I've been watching some matches. What's the uh, energy level? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you guys are really excited to be up and running now after so long of, of getting there. What's it like? The anticipation was insane. And my own experience is unparalleled. And to get to the point where the puck drops and the season starts, you've already done the work. There's an incredible brand. There's this support system of Seattle sports fans that are just off the charts. But now you got to like drop the puck and get going. And you got to put on the show, you know, for the home ice. And you got to have all the elements within all the different tentacles of of our organization, you know, (laughs) running well. And uh, yeah, tentacles, exactly. And and, uh, when you... When you start a new season in a new franchise with a new building in a pandemic, I don't, I don't know a ton of people who have experience doing that. So I think there's natural growing pains, but there's also some incredible lessons we've learned right away. So it's it's probably where um, on on some expectations we thought we'd be, and then you know some probably we can we can elevate further, of course, because we want to stay hungry, and and some we're really really excited about. So I think. It's it's a really unique place to be in, and, and we're looking forward to the next steps. So you're involved, obviously, with the promotions and the entertainment aspects of the team. Yep. What have you been doing since since day one to, I guess, to make the the fan experience, you know, as big as 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 it can be and as exciting as it can be? What are some of those things? No, I have not been to a match. So what have you put in place there? So there was a lot of research done before we ever had our first game just to make sure we honored the game of hockey the right way, just to make sure we honored Seattle the right way, the sports fans the right way, made sure we we stayed on brand with who we are. There's such beautiful, wonderful uh, brand equity with with what the Kraken is right now, and we want to make sure we do all those things right. So it was learning about Seattle. It was learning about what what makes – these fans tick. It was engaging in meeting with the people from the Seahawks and, and people from UW and, and uh, the Mariners and uh, the storm, all those different teams, like what, what's worked, what hasn't worked, what's something you wanted to try. And we spent over a year kind of working with our team to, to build out a show and an experience that Seattle hopefully would be proud of. And, and a show and experience that hopefully, uh, would create home ice advantage for our players to be in the best environment they could be. And, you know, now, now it's on, now it's going. So a lot of the things we talked about have come to fruition. Some of the things aren't quite there yet. And we're learning new things all the time. Our mindset going in was definitely, let's be at like 75%, 80% of what we want to do going into our first game and then be willing to adjust and learn and listen. And um, that's kind of where we are right now. So we are definitely in the, um, proactive and reactive state, but we're really excited 11 games in about the home environment we've created at Climate Pledge Arena, without a doubt. 
Well, that is smart to be flexible that way and to adapt to, to what you see and, and to what the fans say. Can you share with me experience? And with listeners a little bit of what is there as an experience? What is some of the things that you're proud of or that you like to, to highlight of this? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, the arena itself is just a, a crown jewel. It is absolutely gorgeous. It is a breathtaking place to call home. It is intimate. It has personality and character. It has an incredible nod to history, retaining the 1962 original roof, lifting it up, building out an arena underneath that's brand new. And it's got all the bells and whistles and technology that you could ever dream of in this intimate space in Seattle Center, which has such a rich history. So that alone is something we're very, very proud of. Then it's the game itself. Hockey is fun. It's an incredible sport for today's consciousness. The speed of how we think and move and 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 um, our attention spans, I think, especially I think of my own kids, right? Like the game of hockey versus baseball. I love baseball. But as we look at today's world, the game of hockey really feels good with, with um, people's span of entertainment and what they like and, and just how quickly things move. So that the game alone, without any of the music and without any of the promotions, without any of the videos, that alone is worth watching in this beautiful place. But then you start to add some of the, the elements in the show that we have started to bake out. Like one of the most exciting things that we have is when the, the Seattle Kraken win a game, and in hockey in general, it's very traditional to do three stars of the game. The top three players of the night come out, kind of, you know, throw their stick in the air, um, stick salute kind of thing to the fans, and then they skate away. Well, some teams have a player, you know, sign up foam puck and then maybe throw it in the crowd. Some teams have a player sign a stick and give it to, to the fans in the front row. Well, our group thought of like, what could we do that's Seattle-centric for this moment? And we said, well, what would be cool there is – how about we do the three stars of the game, but what's Seattle? And then we said, well, how about we have the players come out and they literally sign a stuffed plushy salmon. And this salmon comes out with the player, third star, second star, first star, if they're Seattle Kraken. And then the players throw that salmon into the crowd, a signed salmon from the first, second or third star of your the game you just went to. And it's got a little tag on it that explains in this case, a sockeye salmon and why that, 22 inches Johnny, is the that legal is, limit. And I got to just interrupt. That is so cool industry regarding and, the, and this, the salmon you know, into the audience from the Pikes and so Place Fish Market. It's educational, but it's yeah, also really engaging Seattle. and entertaining. Cool. So that's an Please element go on. we love. Please go on. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's people people seem to be super excited about the concept when we talked about it and and we did our research to make sure it wasn't insensitive and we also did our research to make sure it wasn't too like stereotypical on the nose and people seemed to really get into it and it got a lot of really neat traction when we had our first win and people saw it they're like whoa what is that and um, that was a really a really good practice that we hope sticks around for a while because again it is educational but it, it sure is fun and unique to us as well. You're not going to throw a salmon in any other of the 31 NHL markets because it just wouldn't make any sense. So it's something we get to own. You know, and then as you look at other things in the show, music is so key to this city. Music is so key to the pulse and rhythm of the Pacific Northwest. So making sure that we're playing 
really cool tunes and and authentic tunes to this space, but also just tunes that get people going. Like we do want an atmosphere that gets people energized and infuse them with like a spirit of like that home ice, get loud, but also let's have fun and party a little bit too when it's the right time. So those are some of the elements like we're really excited about. We still have a lot of technical um, toys to play with and kind of unveil as the season goes. Our brand is this beautiful, sexy, sleek, Pacific Northwest, mysterious brand. And part of what that means is like, there should be surprises. There should be some things you don't know about that, that just happened. And, you know, we try to cascade our programming and add a little bit to each show and each game and each story we try to tell where there's traditions like our goal song, Lithium by Nirvana, where the crowd gets rocking, we score a goal, everybody gets loud. That's cool. We want to keep that for a while for sure. But then we also want to add little nuggets as we roll as well. And then the last thing I'll touch on is for now because I feel I'm we're really proud of a lot of the things we're doing knowing we have a long way to go you know our goal horn itself is super cool it's it's actually a, a retired decommissioned MV Hayek from the Washington State Ferry System that started in 1967 and just a few years ago was retired and we basically brought that horn back and refurbished it and it lives in the rafters here at climate pledge arena so when the seattle kraken score a goal there's this really cool nod from the past the 1960s even right going all the way back to when the roof was was first created and that lets that is, uh, the world that is commendable know the and that is uh, that an excellent homage familiar to sound the roots of the, of, of the building to the roots of seattle through this very cool beautiful well done chamber here so uh, well done, we're excited Jamie. about that element as well so a little bit about you where did you come from and how did you wind up here in seattle with the uh, Kraken. Cool, thanks. <laughs> well, I know, um, I know, I know. We only have uh, thirty minutes on this podcast, so I'll give you the more abridged version here, Trevor. But uh, I've been blessed on this whole journey. I had parents who supported the heck out of me and let me go to film school. I always dreamed of making movies, making videos, creating those stories, and um, going to full sail university like opened up possibilities for me to then get into my other love, sports. And then you see sports entertainment and what that can be, and you know, very quickly, I'll just run through some of some of my journey, which was just wild to even say out loud when I start to list it. But I started at 19 with the Florida Marlins. They were the Florida Marlins back then, working baseball, learning how to create mascot skits and learning how to play music for the players when they come up to bat. And, you know, being on a last place team uh, has some perks because you really get to engage the audience and you don't in that case really let the sport lead because maybe the sport on the field at that time wasn't that great. So you put a big focus on the entertainment. You know, then I had this incredible opportunity to work the 2002 Olympics and I actually worked hockey at the Salt Lake Games, which was just super, super cool to be on that um, world platform with just incredible people. I was so lucky to be asked to be a part of that. Then I stayed with hockey and I went to, up to Columbus, Ohio and worked for the Columbus Blue Jackets for their third and fourth seasons, which was very cool. And again, it, it's still an expansion team. So there's a lot of newness to that in a non-traditional market at the time, for sure. So loved being there, learning how to kind of, again, hone the craft that we do as sports entertainers. And um, and then I had a chance to go up to Cleveland and there was a young man named LeBron James, who was supposed to be a pretty good player. <laughs> it was his second year and we had new ownership come in and we had a new video board and control room come in. So we had a whole bunch of new toys 
to to get to work with in Cleveland. So I got seven seasons with the Cleveland Cavaliers working and learning with LeBron James and getting really good leadership and the NBA. Uh, it was just a, it's a storyteller's place, right? Whether it's the players or the experiences, just a wonderful place to be. We also had an AHL team while I was there that started from scratch. So they had their inaugural season and, you know, American Hockey League is really fun. And it is, you know, for those who don't know, it's a little bit like a AAA in the baseball world where players can come back and forth there with their affiliated teams. And it's high level really? hockey and it's really, really fun. And um, being able to do that for a few years was incredible. And then I transitioned to go work with WWE, right? World Wrestling. And living out of Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really, really wild. Living out of Cleveland, Ohio uh, for almost six years, I got to be a part of that wild sports entertainment circus. And I learned so many things and I met so many great people and, and was just taught by true storytellers who on a global scale were creating content, whether it's social media or for video screens or, or even just um, some of their on mic promotions, they call them like a promo. He's the, the John Cena is going to cut a promo and, and watching John Cena cut a promo in Mandarin because we're in Shanghai and then in, in French because we're in Paris and then in English because we're in his hometown of Boston and he plays to the, the Patriots fan and just understanding, you know, the audience and what they want and the brand audience, but then the in the moment audience. And it was just a, a wild ride where I got to see so many parts of the world, but I also got to just be infused with um, some really cool lessons I had never learned. And then, you know, following that up, I got to go to Vegas with the uh, the hockey team in Las Vegas, the, the Vegas Golden Knights. And that was an incredible ride as well. And I was there for um, almost three seasons. And that was a, a really neat place where, again, you expansion team, it's super rare. You get the opportunity to be a part of that. It's super rare. And you, you learn the audience, you learn the region, you learn what can we do that's a little different, but how do you also, you know, make sure that you tip your cap to the game itself, the atmosphere that people come to love and while conditioning the audience and being willing to be conditioned as well as you develop the experience. So uh, Vegas was known for a really great uh, home ice and that was a cool thing. And then I had a chance to go to back home to my home state of New York. And, I, and just for a little bit, I got to work at Madison Square Garden with the New York Knicks and the New York Rangers. And that was super cool. Pandemic hit. Obviously, the world kind of got flipped upside down. And um, another unique opportunity came <laughs> to come a, out to the great Pacific Northwest and, uh, and join another expansion minutes. team Thank here with the Kraken. For that. And uh, that leads me to talking to you, Trevor, on That's Times amazing. Like Now, my man. So there was a, a kerfuffle of sorts with the Kraken Back with in I don't know not before you got started with the a bar uh, a, a local Seattle bar called the Kraken. You know about that? You know, uh, de- like you said, definitely happened before I had gotten here. When you have a new team. And you have new branding and you have great enthusiasm. It's very common to, uh, you know, you just got to go through that licensing process and you got to go through it with whether it's oh, music no. and, or and, and I didn't think that you would, but I was just, uh, so, um, you know, those about, kind of things are, are I mean, you settled with them world. and everything's cool um, and they kept their bar no, and I they don't kept have their Kraken name and, and you guys have your, your, your clubhouse bar mm-hmm. now and, and entertainment restaurant and all of that. But the little Kraken bar in Seattle certainly got a lot of press and promotion out of that. And in the end, I think it was probably 
pretty helpful for them to have that attention put on them. Um, I thought that was uh, kind of an interesting side note, sidebar story. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's you hope that the rising tide raises all ships, right? If if the Seattle Mariners do well, well, that's that's great for Seahawks fans. It's great for Storm fans. It's great for uh, Gonzaga fans, right? Like if you're a sports fan in this community, in this region, like that's one of the really unique things about Seattle that personally I've found just having traveled and seen different places is it's really okay to wear a whole lot of different logos as long as you're kind of repping the same place, you know, at the same time. And and it's a neat thing where I think if, if one of the, the franchises does well, they all do well in their own right. And they all kind of get, you know, they celebrate one another, they champion one another. And I think that's on the field or on the ice or on the court, but it's definitely also behind the scenes on the business side as well, which is super cool. So I think businesses in general also can thrive from, from, you know, just other businesses doing well, you know? So it's, it's an interesting time with the pandemic. And Absolutely. Else so you said because that everyone the has, are, you know, what, 11 similar challenges and then right kind now. of their own personal How long challenges. is a but, uh, hockey it'll be interesting to see how know. this all shapes up on the other side, no doubt. No, no worries at all. So, so we're 11 home games in regular season home games. We've had 14 with preseason and uh, regular season home games right now. Uh, uh, so you would normally play 41 regular season home games. Uh, it's just like the basketball configuration in the NBA and 82 total games. Cause you split half games, home half games on the road throughout the course of like a six month season, right? Like I see, uh, I see end of September. And <laughs> there's October, an, uh, again, and another then, pun you know, earlier, April, you said, May, uh, depending on, um, on how well your team does, it could, the could very well go into of the Kraken. And I just, as well, you said, uh, I see that's I see another another ice pun. Sorry, another hockey pun. Forgive me. Um, where is the uh, team right yeah. now? Are they taking is there a break around the Christmas season or or what will they do around that time? <laughs> You know, athletes, they do get paid a lot of money and they do work really hard to get to the point of being professional athletes. And part of that, you know, all the the glam, the glitz, getting be able to, to play this in beautiful games and sports for a career is you do make sacrifices. So whether you're working for the sports team or you're one of the players, you know, it, it, it is very common to have games right through the holidays. Um and, and on holidays and on birthdays and on weddings and everything else. So they, their season is pretty steady uh, throughout that six, seven month, you know, regular season process. This is a unique year just because in February you've got all-star break and then you also have the Olympics as well. So this season with a winter Olympics with NHL players, uh, it opens up the month of February in a different way than it normally traditionally would. Um, but, but whether you're, any of the sports, right? There's Christmas Day football games and basketball games and um, plenty of hockey games on, on uh, you know, January 1st. We have a game on January 1st. So um, they try to like, you try to do the best you can with the schedule, but our, our team was flying from, you know, the Pacific Northwest to the Southeast of the country on Thanksgiving Day 
to have a game the next day down in Florida. So um, they, they play right through it. And, um, and, and the employees that work with it or travel with the team or doing things back home, um, you know, you kind of work right through it too. It's, it's definitely one of those careers that when you have a passion for it, the, the late nights, the weekends, the holidays, it's, it's okay. It's a very fair trade-off for sure. Oh, no, for sure. It's, it is it's definitely, definitely not a life part either. If, and if, if um, that's, you know, if you want the more traditional sort of into. office atmosphere, so sports generally doesn't in your position, um, cater to that very well. Tell me uh, some of the relationships that you have in yeah, yeah, the without a doubt. arena with other, let's say vendors, maybe uh, who else do you see inside of the, the, the ice hockey arena? Who else are you working with? Let's say, let's say beer or food or vendors or names uh, the, from the community that, that people might find there. Who else are you working with? Well, as. The... <laughs> yeah. Well, you're, you're going to have, I mean, that's a, that's a loaded question and you could probably do like a two hour presentation on, on the, again, the different tentacles of how that works, right? Like on the, on the production side of things, we have, you know, our own production team for the Kraken itself, but then you're working very closely with uh, the, the arena operations production people as well, because we may have a game tonight against the Edmonton Oilers. But tomorrow, battle in Seattle's here, right? A national TV broadcast, and it's a basketball court. So they got to cover up the ice and switch out lights and, you know, basically do a whole – it needs to be sort of relayered for for the basketball audience. So um, you're working with people to just help with the the operational side of a Kraken game versus other events that come through here. And this is a very busy building. We're very lucky to have that opportunity. But then you also have – different vendors that you work with on that as well, right? There's a lot of content that needs to be built. There's a lot of, um, for, for a show itself, like you're going to have new video elements that internally we create, but we also outsource with, with great partners. You're also going to have uh, game presentation elements. Like we we've got, you know, 30 people on a game night crew running camera, running our audio boards, running our lighting, our lighting directors, like they all help really contribute to the environment that we're creating, right? So that's a lot of the behind the scenes connections that we have. But then you have the very forward facing scenes as well, right? With our founding partners through Climate Pledge Arena, through the Seattle Kraken, some are local brands, some are national brands, some are both like in the terms of like an Amazon or Climate Pledge. Um, you know, and, and, and you also just have, you know, countless really incredible relationships with really strong partners where we hopefully support their brand and there's an infusion and integration with our brand. And some of those are, you know, last game we did a really fun promotion, just um, great balls of fire with uh, the, the alcohol brand Fireball. And we dropped these fiery balls from the rafters and fans on the ice below had to catch them in these big laundry bins, right? So it's a fun, engaging promotion, but it's also a symbiotic moment where our partners hopefully really get to enjoy this and, and our, um, and our fans get to enjoy it as well. So it's yeah, like a that's kind of what I was, was interested in is the branding to, of the team the and who you're partnering with and whatever but also creative ways that kind of promotion is exciting for fans and, and interesting from a, a, a corporate uh, co-op uh, situation between you and that's what I was looking for was other locals uh, from the Seattle area that you might have branding co-op with um, any that stand out to you.
Well, and there's, there's, I mean, and there's some, you know, huge ones as far as Climate Pledge, Symmetra, obviously, Virginia Mason, Franciscan Health, Starbucks, Alaska Airlines, um, you know, as part of our founding partners, along with Coors Light and Verizon, you know, more on the, the national scale. But um, it, it's, it is really an important infusion of brand awareness. And you do want to stay local, of course, because we want to honor local, whether it's the music we're playing um, or the beer we're serving, right? But then there's, you also want to be um, definitely national and really global, right? If you think of social media and you think of the stories that could be told with, you know, oh, we have a Finnish player. Well, that time zone really changes things, but that allows people 10 hours, I'm estimating 10 hours ahead to be able to follow our games at different times, right? So there is a little bit of a 24-hour uh, story cycle or news cycle um, that we could lean into if you think about it that way. And, and um, that, that was a, another question stories is about players and the game. What and the is the website and where can as people well as find great initiatives? Obviously if people um, want to look you up, they could just well, without a doubt. simply search it. But where is the, the place? Are you guys an Instagram thing or where else besides a website? Yeah, if you if you go into the social world, all of our social is hashtag C Kraken, S E A K R A K E N, and you'll be able to find um, a plethora of entertainment and different channels through um, that hashtag. And um, I'm sorry, that handle, and uh, that'll open up things. And then you know, um, we're we're constantly exploring new uh, outlets as well, right? Because you're always looking for the next TikTok. Thank you again, Johnny. And in the last minute, where can people watch the Kraken play? Well, I th- the, the easiest way right now is definitely Root Sports. That's our regional uh, sports partner, and we're super stoked for them to be covering our games and rolling with that. You'll see it at time on ESPN Plus as well. And obviously, if, if you're not in front of a, a screen, uh, 950 KJR, um, you can check out Everett Fitzhugh calling that action, um, rocking it out as well. So you can you can listen watch uh and hopefully have fun in a whole different way a whole lot of different ways to uh, check seattle kraken hockey out yeah i've been seeing a lot of the jerseys the hoodies the hats yeah branding looks great the shirts and it looks fantastic really good looking image and uh, a great character in that kraken design for the seattle area we we, uh makes sense a lot of work was put into that way before I ever got here. And I was just super stoked that that's how cool the brand turned out to be. Um, but there was, there was, there was research, there was work and, and it is a cool looking brand, but there's a why behind it. There was a lot of thought behind it and it fits again to the Pacific Northwest. It fits in with the Seattle sports teams already, but it also has its own independence as well. And it's new and it's fresh and it's fun and hockey gear is just cool. So the, the sweater, a hockey sweater itself is unlike anything but there's also just the, the other stuff, like you said, hoodies, hats, et cetera, that I think our crew just did one heck of a great job with. Well, thank you once again for joining me on uh, Times Like Now. Johnny Greco, Senior Vice President of Entertainment Experience and Production with the Kraken. Thank you again. Trevor, thank you. And thanks for doing this podcast all year long. 52 episodes. Times Like Now, man. Super <laughs> cool. Thanks for having me on here. It was great chatting. Go, go Kraken. Past episodes of Times Like Now can be heard wherever you get your podcasts. 
This is one of the last episodes of the program that I'm going to be producing. Thank you so much for your insights and emails that you've sent. I can be reached Trevor at timeslikenow.com. Thank you to the letter J, Cody Robertson, for the original music. Stay tuned for next episode, two more in the series. Look forward to speaking with you all next time.